You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals, and creator of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. I am a goal champion, goal strategist, corporate consultant. Basically, I believe anything you want to create, you can create if you have goals. And with that in mind, every Sunday night, I lead the goal chat Twitter chat. And then on Mondays, I bring in friends to dive deep into the topic. And then Thursday, it magically turns into an episode of the Dev Show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening, we are glad you're here and choosing yourself and your goals. And I'm really excited. So today's topic is eat, drink and do yoga because I have a foodie and the founder of Drunk Yoga. So what else would I call this episode? Uh, it's going to be a great, great show. We have with us Rob Rosenthal, who I met in real life several years ago because he came out to LA for our 140 conference in 2016. So it's been a while and really good to see you, Rob. And Eli Walker, who I met through Alina... Alina Friedman's group of for fabulous women, but that's not the only reason she's here. She came up in conversation like a week and a half ago, and I'm like, oh my goodness, Eli is perfect to talk. Okay, it wasn't called drunk yoga at the time of the episode, but this month it's all about the physical health, mental well-being, being your best self, so you can like face the world and do good, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, thrilled to have you both here. I am going to let you introduce yourselves. And Rob, let's start with you. Will you please tell people, I, and I should have said, Rob Rosenthal, AKA Short Order Dad. Um, will you please introduce yourself, say why you're here, and why food is so important in being healthy? Well, Let's I know see. it's a lot of questions. Well, no, no, it's fine. I was just thinking, where, where's the place? You know, for me, I started the, the beginning. I, um, I've, I've had a love affair with food since uh, since I was born, and uh, here I am, a couple of years later, and right. uh, and food and uh, and and drink has become uh, uh, my uh, my professional life as as well. It wasn't always that way. Um, I'm from uh, New York. One might uh, detect that. In my uh, in my New York uh, accent, but uh, I spent 
oh, I don't know, 25 years or so uh, uh, traveling internationally in the advertising business. And the best part of it was that I got to eat my way around the world, 4,000 restaurants on six continents. And then uh, at night, I, I did stand up in, in New York City and went to professional culinary school. So that way, when I was able to extricate myself from the international advertising business, the food and drink part became uh, my profession. Uh, and uh, since uh, I, I was responsible at home, uh, both of us, my wife and I both uh, worked. So in the distribution of labor, I took on uh, you know, the food and the cooking, because I, I like that, obviously. And and so I w- I made, you know, meals every day for my, my daughters uh, growing up. And my wife at some point said, hey, you know, you should really write a book. And then uh, like a decade later, I wrote Short Order to Dad, One Guy's Guide to Making Food Fun and, and Hassle-Free. And uh, and uh, then, uh, you, you know, I, I, I travel still uh, with the idea that I um, that I can write and report on uh, on food around the world. And I teach uh, 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 food uh, out of the 92nd Street Y, which is a great cultural institution in Manhattan. And I do, uh, like you, uh, Jeff, I have a podcast every single week that runs on iHeartRadio and Spotify, and it's called All You Can Eat. That is the uh, the background to me. I'm glad to be here with you guys. All You Can Eat. And is All You Can Eat really ever enough? Well, in my case, I'm going to have to say it's it's too much. I I, I literally, uh, you, you know, uh, much as I like to eat and drink, uh, someone once reminded me that even if I work out every day, uh, I'm I'm eating three times a day, and that battle over time, uh, uh, you know, results in uh, in uh, in a little bit of extra poundage. So uh, you, one has to be careful. I mean, food is. Uh, is delicious and it's also uh, medicine, but uh, but yes, apparently you can't eat too much, and I am a prime example of that. Good to know. Thanks for the clarification, <laughs> Eli. Welcome, great to see you. Hi, you as well. Thanks for having me. So please share um, who you are, what you do, what is drunk yoga, and why you're happy to be here. Because I'm just assuming you're happy to be here. <laughs> Great questions. Um, so uh, again, I'm I'm Eli Walker. Um, I'm based in New York. I am the founder, CEO, and author of Drunk Yoga. Before I created Drunk Yoga, um, I always like to preface my background is in acting. So I went to NYU's Tisch School of the Arts for theater, where I where I developed an affinity for performance art. So experiential theater, really, all of the interactive um, performance art or community based theater that you might see in more. Um, yeah, underground uh, sort of black box theaters in New York City. Um, and now it's sort of immersive theater is becoming more and more popular. So I have to explain what it is less and less. Um, and writing awesome. and producing as well. And then, of course, in 2014, I became a yoga teacher, as many actresses do in New York. <laughs> and um, and I loved everything about it. I, I approached it with um, great integrity and sincerity and uh, quickly earned my 500-hour teacher training in New York and then started studying more and teaching across the globe in India and in Bali and in Thailand and um, in New York and LA as well. And um, I grew, uh, so, and this this relates to my philosophy about drunk yoga. So I, I was growing um, increasingly dissatisfied, Deb, with the convention of both acting and yoga in that I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term, the fourth wall, 
But the fourth wall in theater, okay, so you know, it's it's the social contract that sort of separates the audience's story from the performers or the storyteller's story. So it's the social social contract that we all just sort of agree to that says Romeo and Juliet on the stage are in their world and we're in ours and we're not going to go talk to them because that would be weird. Like we're not going to just go up on the stage and have a conversation with them because they're in their world and we're in ours and that's just the way it is. And we don't we don't reach through it. And even as audience members, we don't connect horizontally as well. And I started to um, recognize similarities between that social contract and the way we treat yoga classes in the same sort of traditional purist, I'll be bold and say patriarchal because it is militaristic in nature, right? Like the, the, the guru or the teacher or the actor or the one who knows at the top of the room telling everyone else who's facing them like soldiers in a row what to do and what to think and who to talk to and what to do with their bodies in the case of yoga and um and not to ask any questions just sort of receive and not to talk to each other right and and not to break that fourth wall um this way teacher student or horizontally and that's the same in a lot of um audition settings and acting and also i mean if you think about it in traditional education like universities um anywhere or in a boardroom and at a conference when everyone's sort of facing one direction and, and just uh, expected to receive. And that's sort of how we deliver information and um, it's very linear. And I'll say it again, very militaristic and disciplinary. Right. And so in the case of yoga, it can become a little dogmatic and to make this a little less esoteric, I was just growing a little frustrated because my, my day job then as a yoga teacher was turning into more of just fitness instruction like just I was expected to sort of go into these gyms and yoga studios and and tell people what to do with their bodies and engage their glutes and engage their core and which is a beautiful thing I was just not I was finding that I was more interested in teaching joy and belonging and I felt like those are different shapes like the the disciplinary version of fitness instruction felt more like a square and a line and joy and belonging feels much more um cyclical spherical circular, more inclusive to me. And it involves a lot more interactive storytelling. And I thought, all right, I just need to break down this fourth wall. Easy enough. Um, but it wasn't that easy. It's really hard to break down the fourth wall of convention in conventional settings. So I tried to start sort of um, infuse regular yoga classes that I was teaching with jokes and games and play and, um, and try to r really um, engage with the students and, and encourage them to engage with one another, but they didn't want to. And I don't blame them because in traditional settings, we go to a fitness class to get fit or we go to a yoga class to just be introspective, which is great and beautiful. And we should have that. But I just realized I was never going to change, never going to change the system from within. <laughs> so I, um, I thought, how you, can you, I now, you've never been to a fitness class with me. Okay. And dance classes need to be interactive. So I'm totally with you on the get the joy and the excitement out there right yeah and it just requires a bit more performance um from from you know the instructor themselves i like to think of my drunk yoga teachers as sort of the mc of the entertainment experience that just so happens to be through the vehicle of a yoga class and the wine in hand is really much more of just like a proper device to help people to to elicit a feeling of um socialization and celebration and so 
I, I had set out to figure out a way to take yoga outside of the conventional setting so that it would feel more comfortable for participants to be social, engage, interact, feel like a party. So other ingredients that I, I started to think about were music, um, callback songs, um, nostalgia songs like, um, well, my target demographic would really appreciate Britney Spears and NSYNC. Um, like '90s hits, <laughs> and uh, like the songs that you might listen to in, um, or or might you think of like a middle school, like dance, <laughs> or like what you listened to when you got your first car. Um, and we all sort of share those memories, and of course, a beverage in hand. And while it sounds like it's always alcohol, it's in fact not. It's um, often coffee or juice or or water um, or wine, um, whatever makes you happy. We say, and then I, I sort of developed this sort of performance, if you will, this interactive story that has seven steps, a beginning, middle, and end. And I teach it to my instructors so that they can take our students on this interactive journey that involves five drinking games, three icebreaker questions, and a partner exercise while there's fun Beyonce music and we're doing yoga. So it kind of serves two purposes. It allows yoga to be more inclusive for for seasoned yogis um, and more fun. And for yoga newbies, it lets them try to practice in a much more accessible way than they may otherwise feel comfortable doing in a conventional setting. Um, so that's all of the sort of the intellectual background, Deb. What, what happened was I, I walked into a bar, <laughs> like most great ideas begin, and it was a bar I used to work at in lower Manhattan, and this was in 2017. And the owner of the bar said, oh my gosh, you're a yoga teacher, you should teach me yoga, I can't even touch my toes. And then sure enough, he did. Um, Touch his, touch toes. his toes. He, t- okay, he bent good. over, touched his toes, and he said, Oh, I guess I can do it when I'm drunk. And I said, Let's do drunk yoga, sort of like flirtatiously, because he was cute. <laughs> and then I had a light bulb moment, and I thought, Actually, wait, this is it. Like, what better way to make yoga more fun and accessible and inclusive than by turning it into a bit of a party? And um, the, the company went viral very quickly. So I grew very quickly and expanded. And um, yeah, now it's sort of a, a nationwide party. Nice. And and I love that you're both in New York and I'm in LA. Usually there's a little bit more um, coastline balance, but I'm okay with that. Um, so Rob, we were talking before we went on because you said you haven't yoga before, but given your desire for uh, your love of food and drink, this sounds like it would actually be like your thing. Well, I, I've already engaged my glutes. And, uh, I, and, and, you know, I, I do like to fill up a, a glass, uh, w- you know, with, with wine or, or a martini prior to cooking. So I would say, yeah, I'm, if I'm going to do uh, yoga, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of doing it after a, a cocktail, I suppose. I, I think it's a big idea. Nice. Well, and I'm, when I put these groups together, I, I kind of, I suspect it's going to be a good conversation, but I never really get really how deep the similarities are until we start talking. And Rob, with what you do, making food fun, and you do like food performance art, right? Because you also do stand up. Yeah, is that correct? I, it is correct. You know, I do, what what happened, uh, Jeb, was that I, I even though I was doing uh, in my initial career uh, advertising at night, I did stand up in the city. And then at night, I went and got a professional culinary degree. So when I got out of that, I, I was able to combine those things. So to this day, people say, well, do you still do stand-up? And I I don't go to comedy clubs to do stand-up. But I'm on 
every week on something, either on on the podcast or on uh, or, or or teaching uh, classes. And th that platform for me is an opportunity to, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you would call it pure stand up, but uh, to be as uh, uh, as naturally entertaining as as possible. Nice. So it so there is a similarity. You're just oh, there's no, yeah. There's no question. And and that similarity starts off with a cocktail, by the way. I can tell you, I can tell you that right now. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, we we have that working. Excellent. So what I I love to do is so what are your best best habits for being healthy? Um, and it can include food, and it can include yoga, or it can be something completely out of that box. So, well, what I, about I you, Rob? I could tell you for me, it's not it's not terribly complicated because I've been working on it for most of my life. You know, uh, okay. I like working out. I like working out. Uh, I mean, as as often as uh, as often as possible. Which means if it's not every day, it's maybe six days a week. And I I like variety, and it's important, uh, I guess, over time not to, um, uh, in my case, not to kill any particular body part. So I. Uh, I believe in kind of varying the the training. So maybe you know uh, one day it's uh, it's uh, it's aerobic on, on a bicycle or on a uh, you know a stair type of machine, and another day it's uh, it's about weight resistance. Uh, you know, so you can work the your musculature, and another day it's going to be about something that's more stretching, uh, perhaps uh, yoga like or or uh, whatever it may be. So I think you know first and foremost, uh, I, and I don't think this is a revelation to anybody. I just I happen to be. Lucky I get to do it a lot, but I think working out is crucial. But as I was, was saying earlier to you, uh, uh, you know, no matter how much you're working out, uh, at the end of the day, what really matters in terms of your own health and well-being is, is what you're putting in your body. And there's no, again, there's no surprise, because it, so it almost sounds like a sage observation of the obvious, but predominantly, you know, you're going to want to be eating as much fruits and vegetables as possible. Your carbohydrates are complex. Your proteins are uh, lean. And there are certain things that are indisputably good for you in terms of fats, for example, you know, avocado, uh, avocado oil, olive oil. So, you, you know, I don't think it takes brain surgery. It's more like it takes discipline. Uh, and I, I mentioned that in this context, just to put it all into perspective, you, you know, you only need really to take in 10 extra calories a day over the course of the year, you'll gain a pound. Like that's, I'm literally like an extra grape a day will translate into 3,500, 3,600, you know, calories. That's a pound. Well, you do that for 20 years. Next thing you know, you're looking at 20 pounds overweight. So again, I, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's not entertaining. It's not hilarious, but an answer to your question uh, you, you know, I, uh, it can't be all martinis and, and pizza. There's, there's gotta be some discipline and, and, and it's gotta be focused on eating. You have to be, one has to be focused on eating, making better choices uh, with food than not. Well, even though all the, even though all the fun is in the, you know, is in the, is in the, um, is in the food that's a little bit more, uh, the kind of food that goes well with martinis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you're right. It is not brain surgery. But it's also more fun to just eat the fun stuff and to find that balance, right? Uh, so what about you, Eli? What is your your regimen for a healthiness? Um, yeah, something I'm working, I've been, 
I've been working really hard on since the pandemic is, um, you know, we could call it balance. Um, I, I, I try to think of like rituals or like habits. Um, I, you know, historically just live in the extremes, you know, as you do in New York, especially as an artist and, um, uh, in the health industry as a yoga teacher that looks a lot like getting up at four in the morning to run all over the city to teach 6am private clients. Um, and now I don't, uh, now I run the company and, and now I, I, I left out, I left the city to go upstate the Hudson Valley. So I've been working on, um, for me, a healthy day just looks like did what I needed to do to get a good night's sleep. So I guess it's a little bit backwards. I, I sort of revolve my days around how am I going to get a good night's sleep? And then and then that looks like, um, you know, minimal caffeine. And uh, I also work out every day. I find that if I don't, I just feel really emotionally frustrated and physically lethargic, like just for my mental health. It's important for me to work out at least once a day, like whether that's go for a hike or do like a, a fitness class. Um and yoga for me no, isn't exercise. Yoga for me is just like breakfast. <laughs> like I, I do yoga every day. It's just maintenance. Um, and I, I meditate and I I don't meditate. I don't put too much pressure on it. I guess that's why I come back to this word balance. Um, I think people and I, a lot of students tell me too um, that they don't want to start doing yoga because they feel like it's a whole lifestyle and it's a whole thing and they just don't want to start this whole big project. Like you have to suddenly do it for two hours a day. 20 minutes is enough. Um, I don't, I, I, you know, I used to pressure myself to meditate for an hour a day. I know five minutes, that's all I've got. Five minutes is enough. My yoga teacher always says, you don't always have to make a cake. A cookie will do. <laughs> you, if you have time to make a cake, awesome. Cake is awesome. But if you just want a cookie, if you only have 20 minutes to do a yoga practice, do 20 minutes. Still good. It's still good to have a cookie. Better than no cookie. <laughs> um, and I, I think that is my new favorite analogy. <laughs> Um, you don't always have to bake a cake. You could have a cookie. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm still refining it. It's like a work in progress, figuring out sort of what, um, time of day for all of these things work best. And the truth is sometimes you just have to have compassion because days look different every day. Sometimes you have meetings throughout the day. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you feel like doing things at night, sometimes in the morning. So that's what I'm working on is just, um, being, finding the balance between, getting everything I need to do in a day that makes me feel good an exercise, a meditation, a yoga, a healthy food, no more caffeine beyond 12. Who am I surrounding myself with? Like just checking off all of the boxes that we know make us healthy. Um, but in balance and not pressuring myself to, um, do it all at the same time every day. Cause rigidity has never worked for me. Um, and having compassion around being a little bit flexible. Um, it's a bit of a long-winded answer, but um, I guess what I'm working on right now is balance. And I will say that um, I do ha I have found the habits that work well. And something for me with alcohol and junk food and cake and cookies is um, I just no longer keep it in the house. That's a, that's been really beneficial for me too, health-wise after COVID. Um, I just only keep healthy food uh, in, in the house and water. And if I want to have something like in splurge, like a glass of wine with friends or, or something, you know, not traditionally healthy for me, <laughs> I, um, I can do it, but I just have to leave the house. So it always, it feels like a special treat or I'll really have to work for it. So I'll really have to want it, but it's never in arm's reach. Um, those are some things I work on. Well, that's smart. You know, I, for me, it was always soda. 
And whenever I worked in offices, when they had free soda, that was always like me at my worst health. And I I keep the Werner's ginger ale because it's medicinal. It's for sore throats. But that's really the only soda I keep in my house for that. Mm. The exact reason, you know, you need to want it, the splurges, to, to get it. The other thing that you mentioned, which I think is important, is that balance. Everybody wants to know what the exact thing they need to do yeah. to be healthy. And the answer is only you know that answer. And I think that's when yeah. it gets a little tricky is because people don't. I, I remember when I would lead, well, I still get this question, on writer's panels, when is the best time to write? The answer mm-hmm. is when is the best time to write for you? I think that's in terms of eating well and working out is very much uh, what you're saying is know yourself. Thank you, LA, for the lovely horn honking <laughs> in the background as we're speaking. Um, so, Rob? Yes. What about you? How do you find your balance? I have no balance. Okay, good. Uh, uh, Moving no, on. I have- no, no. Look, I, 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 my, I treat my body either as a temple or a sewer. I, I have uh, some uh, difficulty with uh, with finding the middle, to be honest with you. But at some point, uh, like you know, moderation is just is just not my thing. Uh, but but at some point, you know, you I at some point, and I'm at the the point. So like right now, I, I mean, I can tell you this is uh, working out well. I. Uh, uh, I, I essentially stop uh, having things like uh, sugar and and alcohol and and gluten, uh, and and then I, I I'm doing some version of of intermittent fasting. So so and I'm not again. I, there's only so long that that's sustainable because we all have lives. And uh, but I I would say for me uh, the 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 easier way is if I really do kind of uh, get control. Uh, for as long as possible, and then uh, allow myself, as you guys are discussing, you know that on Friday or Saturday you're going to go out and you're going to have a little bit more, uh, uh, a little bit more fun and a little bit more interesting, uh, you know, social, and you're going to have a drink or whatever. So, but but I would say at this point right now, you know, I uh, I uh, will will you know fast for uh, 16 hours, and then when I'm eating, I'm eating the lean. Uh, you know, like today was going to be uh, today is basically some uh, sashimi. Uh, and, uh, and maybe some, uh, some uh, salad and some chicken and some fruit. So, you know, that's, that's how I play it. And again, that's not like, uh, uh, long-term sustainable, but yeah, everybody to your point, uh, Deb has to find whatever their, um, you know, whatever their best pattern is. So, uh, I mean, I love the idea of balance. I, I love the idea of moderation. It's not my specialty. So I find my own kind of workaround, if you will. But a workaround is exactly what it is. You make it work for you, which that's is great. The you, that's the only way you can do it. I think if you start off with the recognition that uh, that you want to feel good, uh, it, once you once you get to that point, uh, you go, okay, what, what's gonna what's gonna work for me? And I've, I'm sure that I've tried every possible you know diet in the world, but I think you guys are smart enough to know that the greatest failure in human history is the idea that there's a diet, that somehow that you're going to lose weight and sustain that over time, that the failure rate is 90%. 
meaning that even if you lose, everybody can lose weight. Uh, but but the point is only 10% of people actually factually data-driven uh, can, can lose weight and sustain that loss over time. So you have to basically get to a point where you go, you know, what's my, you know, what's my game? And the game is that you make lifestyle changes versus diet changes. So whether or not it means that you're going to be doing more yoga and more uh, meditation and fewer uh, pieces of uh, fudge cake uh, or fewer uh, alcohol drinks over the course of the week, then that's the game. But it's not about dieting. It's about finding your practice, if you will. Hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely. Eli, anything you want to add on this? Um, yeah, I agree um, with what Rob said. And that balance can look like a, a lot of different things to different people. Um, and uh, something that he made me think about is um, what I tell my students a lot is that um, uh, use, a, use a measurement tool, right? Uh, it's find a, build a structure that works for you and don't always follow your feelings um, because feelings are great uh, for information, but they're not always right uh, because they change with new information. So to follow your feelings, is never going to get you to the end of the map <laughs> that you're trying to follow to, to reach a goal, to bring mm -hmm. sort of back to goal setting. Um, and when you follow your feelings, you're probably going to be led down a, a path that's not going to get you there. So build the structure, create the map, you know, figure out what works for you, let your feelings be the information and then, you know, but then build the map. So that looks like intermittent fasting. That's, you know, that's part of the structure. And then, but um, I'm sure sometimes he, Rob feels like eating earlier, but he doesn't because, you know, he built the structure and he's disciplined and sticking to it. So it, it made me think of that, um, you know, find balance. Yes. But maybe think about the goal first <laughs> to build the structure around that. And then don't let, um, don't follow your feelings, you know, trust, trust the map that you've created for yourself. This is exactly why I do what I do is because uh, Deb Method, it's all foundational. You know, to get what you want, you need to know what that is. And it just as it can be for your career or your business, it can be for your life. So look at what you want to create and then make the steps and put the systems to create that. So, um, yes, exactly. Perfect. Let's talk about food. I mean, why not, right? So what is your favorite um, way to eat healthy? I mean, I know, Rob, you do the intermittent fasting, but do you have a favorite healthy food? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, this may come as a surprise. Well, I mean, are gin martinis considered uh, healthy? Uh, no, this, this may come as a surprise, but... I I don't I think I generally feel that I eat healthy. I am less interested in 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 desserts than most people. I like food, food, and and breakfast to me is easy. I I, I mean you know there's oatmeal and, and and there's yogurt and there's eggs. It's all fine, right? Lunch to me relatively easy, right? Because there's salads and uh, and and even you know decent uh, uh, sandwiches if you're using you know, whether it's turkey or vegetables or whatever. And, and I have no problem with dinner, picking up some protein and a, and a vegetable and some interesting, 
you know, starch, or even, you know, if I feel like I want to go clean, sometimes I'll just have some protein for dinner with two different vegetables and skip the, the potato, uh, you, you know, piece. The the problem uh, I find for me is more like, uh, it's more like quantity. Do, do, do you know? I mean, I, I happen to, uh, I th- you know, I, I, I eat sometimes uh, too much. And I'm not obviously in the minority here. We we live on in one of the fattest countries on earth. I mean, the the numbers in America are staggering. I I didn't know Deb. I thought this was supposed to be funny, and nothing I'm saying is funny at all. But the fact is, you know, you have obesity rates in this country that are are are, are humiliating. So you know, I don't. You know, the the idea of like what I eat that's healthy. Like tonight, literally, I and I'm, it's tonight for me because I'm three hours ahead of you guys, and I. And I have to stop eating at, at eight o'clock sharp so that the next fast period starts. So I'm having, you know, sushi, uh, sushi and, and sashimi and some, uh, I had some, I sauteed some uh, uh, mushrooms. So I feel really good about that. Uh, uh, it's not, it's not what uh, I'm eating. It, it, for me, the, the challenge is always going to be around the, the, the quantity of it. And, uh, and, and uh, so that's, you, you know, that's what, that's what I find. In, in America, by the way, uh, 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 part of the obesity problem is related to the overconsumption of sugar, um, uh, almost more than anything else, which is hidden in so many ingredients that people are not really familiar with, like, uh, you know, ketchup and relish and that kind of thing. And also there's way too much, you mentioned it before, there's way too much soda and juice, uh, which essentially has zero nutritional value, but is loaded up with, um, you know, with sugar. And uh you know, I think that, and and even the fat. I, I mean, it's like the like fat is not an enemy if you're eating the right fat, like avocados, avocado oil, olive oil, fantastic. When you're eating fried, uh, you, you know, potato chips, you you're killing yourself long term. And by the way, I love potato chips, and they go particularly well with a you know with a martini. But again, that's the kind of stuff. You, these are the kind of choices that you need to make long-term to sustain some semblance of, uh, of what you guys would call a balance in your, in your life. That's my, that's been my experience. Before we move to Eli, I have to ask about salt because salt is also hidden almost as much as sugar thoughts. No. Uh, well, he, he, I look, I'm, I'm a professional cook mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and if, and if we're going to be honest, uh, there's nothing that brings out the flavor in food uh, like salt and, and nothing else will ever replace that. Can you have too much salt? The answer is yes. Is your blood pressure too high? If the answer to that is yes, you're going to want to find other ways uh, to minimize your salt intake. But it does not compare as a problem with with respect to weight gain uh, that, that sugar does. Sugar is empty calories uh, that, that, that messes up your whole uh, hypo, uh, with your, your glycemic uh, index. Uh, sugar is going to make you fat. Salt is not going to make you fat. Overuse of salt is going to give you hypertension. That's a whole different ballgame. And Deb, if you ever need, uh, I'm happy to tell you ways to um, substitute other things to bring great flavor to your food without without using without without overusing salt. But when it comes to fat and obesity, uh, sugar is 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 a big part of the is, is a not only big probably the main part of the problem in this country. Okay, great. Thank you. No, I appreciate the clarification because I'm always careful about a little bit of everything and I want to know about the flavor things, but let's talk to Eli about about her favorite healthy foods and then we can talk about flavor. 
So Eli, yeah. what are your favorite healthy foods? Um, my favorite healthy foods, um, I actually don't eat meat and I also don't eat gluten. Um, I'll, I'll cheat on the gluten once in a while and I'll cheat on dairy once in a while. Um, and I'll cheat on sugar once in a while, but for the most part, I'm vegan gluten-free. Um, I know there's a lot of controversial opinions about the vegan thing. It just makes me feel so good. And I always feel so energized and so, so much better when I um, eat a vegan diet than when I have animal products. Um, that said, when I do feel like I'm craving something like fish or um, eggs, I let myself have that because I figure I'm craving it for a reason. Um, but it's not often, like maybe twice a year. Um, so veganism works for me. I eat a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruit, love fruit. I know that's another controversial one because it has a lot of sugar, but my body feels so good when I have lots of fruit. Um, and I avoid uh, a lot of processed food. That said, I have a weak spot and this is embarrassing and I can't believe I'm saying this on the internet, you guys, but um, with uh, like vegan chicken nuggets <laughs> like it was my go-to comfort food it's just so bad because it's just processed soy so much sodium like like vegan chicken nuggets but that's for my that's for my happiness <laughs> and sometimes we got to prioritize that too um yeah lots of water lemon water in the morning um something i do with the, to help myself with the intermittent fasting is um i put like i load my coffee with like spices so in the morning i put cinnamon in my coffee and turmeric and a little bit of coconut oil um yeah. Uh, yeah, and like a just a little tiny little bit of like um, almond milk, and then that kind of sustains me too. Um, those are the things that come to mind. Yeah. Ooh, by the I, way, but but just from my uh, uh, from my perspective, I I went to French cooking school. I I travel and write about food, so I, I eat it all. But I I have there's no controversy in my mind when it comes to fruit. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't care about the sugar aspect. If you're eating, if you're eating fruit, you can feel good about yourself. And it's the same thing with, I can't, I can't be necessarily a vegan. I, I don't even know that I could sustain vegetarianism, but I will say that uh, uh, th there should be no controversy around that either. That's just like, that's just totally healthy. Great. You know what I mean? I, I, I love uh, the, uh, the concept of meatless Mondays. You know what I mean? Where you can have a whole day devoted to eating you know, fr uh, fruits and, and, and vegetables and, and whatever else it is that you like. Uh, it's just that every once in a while, I, I, you know, I, you know, I like, I like a good hit of protein, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, there's no controversy with me. If people are going to like, I, I, I would love to, um, I would love to be, you know, vegan or vegetarian. In fact, Mark Bittman, who's a great uh, a, a food writer, wrote a book uh, called VB6. And the concept mm. of the book was just, just be, you, you know, vegan up till 6 p.m. at night. And mm. then, you know, and then maybe you're going to have a lean piece or whatever. So I know I, 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 th I think you should, you, uh, I'm, I'm sure Eli feels uh, in general uh, very uh, uh, clean and, uh, and lean and, and healthy from that kind of diet. Yeah, I'm a big proponent. Um, I've been vegan for a long time. I was vegetarian for even longer since I turned vegetarian. When I was 14, and I just I don't really crave meat so, and or animal products. It's just never really a thing for me. So it was easy for me to make the transition to veganism. It's only hard socially. Like you know, it feels like every networking event has wine and cheese, and sure. like every restaurant. It's, it's so socially, it's a little hard. But now more than ever, it's much easier because there's vegan alternatives for everything. I know processed food isn't great, so I do avoid the processed alternatives. But um, 
yeah, I feel great. And there's a lot of ways to be vegan healthy, um, uh, really, really healthy grains like, you know, quinoa and farro and beans. And um, there's a lot of great ways to get tofu and, and add seeds to everything. I think people underestimate the power behind seeds, just adding it a little bit yeah. to everything. Good grains. Yeah. yeah like I'm um, still cut oats in the morning uh, and then leafy green throughout the day and you're hey. feeling good. Here's one for you, Eli. I, uh, um, well, two things. I was in, uh, I was at a market last week in, uh, in, in London and there's a guy making vegetarian, uh, risotto, but, uh, mm. but rather than making it with, he, he was, uh, all, it was, it was all m mushrooms and then, and, but he wasn't using, uh, like arborio, he wasn't using rice. I, I said, what's the grain? He said, spelt. And I tasted it. It was the mm. best thing. The market had hundreds of foods. The best thing I ate all day was his mushroom and spelt risotto. It just reminded uh. me of that when you talked about grains. And then the other thing I want to throw in here, because it's a revelation to me, I've been eating steel-cut oats. Uh, you know, my cans from um, uh, in that tin can from Ireland to me is just, like, uh, fantastic. Yeah. And people historically, you know, I mean, uh, people uh, eat, like, instant and and the instant stuff is – I mean, I, I suppose it's better than eating uh, sugary cereal. But if you're going to have oatmeal, go all the way. You you, you have it, the steel cut. The reason people don't appreciate it is because it takes 25, 30 minutes to make, which, I, I mean, you know, you just I would just put it on the, the stove before I got into the shower in the morning. But here's yeah. the revelation. Historically, when you have oatmeal in the morning, what do you what do you what do you put in it? You're gonna if for uh, people like Eli, she's gonna put in, uh, for example, uh, uh, you know, you know berries. Uh, for people like me, I'm going. Let me get some brown sugar in this thing, or some or some honey and whatever. But then I discovered, speaking of grains, I discovered the concept of savory oatmeal, and it's totally changed. Yeah. I haven't had anything sweet in my oatmeal for the last year. So what I do, in the same way that Eli will put spices in her coffee, I take that oat, that uh, McCann's uh, Irish uh, steel-cut oatmeal, 25, 30 minutes to make on a low simmer, uh, give it a little shot of olive oil, and then I put in my favorite spices, whatever those may be. Uh, it could be cayenne to make it spicy. It could be oregano if you want to make it that flavor. It could be chili. Uh, I, uh, the, the Chinese have a condiment that's kind of um, uh, like a spicy... It, it, the point is, it doesn't matter. Whatever your favorite spice profile is, goes into the oatmeal, and uh, and frankly, it, it, it's and a little salt. Uh, don't don't forget that one, Deborah, because uh, it's not going to have any taste really that much taste. So you do that, and then uh, here's the thing. Uh, again, not for vegans, but for people who want to like amplify that oatmeal. To me, as great as it is, but nothing would stop you from uh, from putting a runny egg on top of it. Uh, or for example, again, if you weren't vegan, maybe topping it with a little bit of um, a, a little sprinkle of grated, you know, Parmesan Reggiano. So I'm just uh, so the revelation to me simply was converting oatmeal from a sweet breakfast into a savory one. That's all. Yeah, oh, I could talk about oats all day long, Rob. So here's one for you. Um, I uh, or for anyone who has doesn't want to cook the oats in the morning, um, right. a, a version of overnight oats that I love and do often. Um, you just put it put it in the blender so you have it ready. Um, still cut oats um, and just soak it. Just soaking in water. So by the morning, yes. it's like nice and still. And then um, almond milk, um, nutmeg, cinnamon, uh, dates, banana, and mm. apple. Blend awesome. it up. 
you're good to go. Yeah, the thought of that makes me hungry. That's a great recipe. I'm so hungry now after this conversation. <laughs> you're welcome. That, that's, <laughs> a great, that's a great recipe. And the genius of it, by the way, aside from the flavor, is that you don't have to be adding in honey. You don't have to be adding in sugar. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be adding in uh, any kind of like a maple syrup. The dates become, uh, and they're super that high nice. fiber, the dates become your sweetness. And that's that's just fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Do like three. So it's like one apple, one banana, three dates, and then like a serving of like your oats. Um, and then fill up the rest with whatever almond milk you want or whatever kind of milk you, you like. Um, yeah. And then, and for, I don't add sweetness to my um, oats either. Uh, even when I cook them. So I do add berries. So good call there, Rob. Um, I do add berries and I do goji berries. So I like to do dried fruit. I like raisins and goji berries and then walnuts and then just a little right. bit of almond milk. There's, your, there's a great platform for your nuts or your seeds. Yeah, I always do flax seeds and then I really pile it on because uh, I just try to get as much nutrition in the morning as I can. So I'll do on my oats, like I can do chia seeds or hemp seeds, pumpkin seeds, right. um, a lot of flax. Uh, and then berries, maybe apple, and then always cinnamon. And so there's no there's no added sugar there. And you know the beauty of oats also. I don't know how we got this into a conversation about oats, but the <laughs> the, the beauty of the, the beauty of oatmeal, real the real oatmeal. We're talking about the 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 uh, the steel cut oats. Yeah. Is that man? Uh, you're full for a long time. I mean that that'll that'll yeah. sustain you for four or five hours. I you know I use that in the morning if I know I'm going to have a, a heavy duty workout in the middle of the day because that it's that's a lot of energy in that food. Yeah, and there's so oh, much iron, way, so it's great for women. And, yeah, and by the way, throw in uh, throw in a tablespoon or two of almond butter. Yeah, I I play that game sometimes, or like pumpkin butter. Um, <laughs> I'm big on the pumpkin these days. Like, there's the pumpkin everything, pumpkin butter. They've even have pulp. Um, I call it they call it pomfu. I don't know if you know about this, Rob, but it's um it's like tofu except made out of pumpkin seeds. So they call it pomfu. Oh, I would try that. Yeah, it's super good. And so you don't get the soy, but you still get a great meat alternative. Um, I like it's great, it. like when you grill it, if you grill it with like soy sauce. Um, yeah. You're calling uh, it pofu? Is it pofu? They call it pomfu, pom like P oh, P O M F U. Where are you finding it? Uh, in the uh, in like a natural, uh, like a health food store? Or yeah, like, like in bougie, like in bougie health food stores. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. 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 And lots of protein in steel cutouts too. That's the last thing I'll say about steel cutouts. So for anyone who's like, well, I can't be vegan because I need protein. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So well, so I have a question. So and I live by cream of wheat. That is like my breakfast of champions because I cannot overdo on the vegetables because my body gets mad at me. What alternatives do you have for that? For cream of wheat or for vegetables? Oh, for vegetables. I mean, what mm. are ways for people who cannot eat raw vegetables, it makes me sad, to still get all that yumminess? Well, you can steam them. You don't have to eat raw. You could steam or you won't get as much nutrients, but I just find heating up the vegetables does wonders. And then there's um, a lot of ways that you can get nutrients through herbs that I don't think people realize. Like even teas, like Tulsi tea, adding herbs to a lot of dishes. Um, it's not the same thing, but there's nutrients and herbs that I don't think people realize. And Rob, you promised me flavor. You did. 
Yes, I, although although the uh, the internet was a little slow, what's the actual what's the whole question? Flavor as far as what goes? Well, you were going to give me flavor alternatives to salt, but the other question I had because I can't eat raw vegetables, which makes me sad because I love them. What what can I do that makes my body happy because I still need to eat them in some form? That was a long yes, question. Well, uh, Just that's do the great. flavor uh, thing. No, 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 no. It's, it's the rightest question, and it's easy for me. You can eat vegetables if they're not raw. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, fine. Yes. So, so you're gonna. So the two greatest methods for cooking vegetables are uh, roasting and sautéing, right? So you know that that any vegetable that you can think of, from uh, mushroom. To, uh, to broccoli, to cauliflower, to string beans, just name it. Almost any vegetable in the world uh, with olive oil. And let's let's argue that there's a little bit of, of, of salt or, or not, and there's some black pepper, goes in the oven and it cooks for longer than you think that it should. And you look at it and it's starting to get brown, otherwise known as caramelized. And, and, you, and you go, so that, that's one way. That's like easy. Uh, and, and, uh, so roasting your other alternative is the easy is the saute. So going on top of the stove in a fry pan or a saute pan, uh, I do string beans all the time, any, any I did mushrooms tonight. Uh, and, and again, flavoring is, uh, olive oil, um, a little bit of, uh, of garlic, unless you prefer other, um, uh, uh, other aromatic vegetables you could certainly use. And if you want to minimize the, the salt uh, intake, you know, Deb, as well as anybody, that you can go to the supermarket and find those, uh, those salt uh, uh, substitutes. I don't use them. Uh, I, I think that you can do well uh, by, uh, by, with acidity, which is to say that uh, always fresh-squeezed um, uh, lemon juice, uh, the, the zest of a lemon, a lot of flavor, um, uh, Eli uh, uh, and I were talking about the use of seeds. Uh, so, you know, sesame uh, seeds toasted or white or whatever uh, with your vegetables is good. Here's another trick. Take balsamic uh, vinegar, the cheap kind, right? Put it into a, uh, into a saucepan and reduce it until it's like one quarter of where you started. So it's like thick and glazy and put in it your favorite, herb if you want like a stick of uh, like a, a branch of rosemary or 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 a couple of leaves of tarragon and reduce it down to a glaze that way when you have roasted your string beans or sauteed them or your vegetables uh, with maybe some almonds you can just uh, drop a little bit of uh, of olive oil or a little bit of balsamic glaze on top of it as well so uh, the, you know so citrus, uh, uh, you know seeds, garlic, olive oil roasting these are all the you could I could easily, be a vegetarian at least for a few days because I, I I think that you can always max the flavor on veg if you if you cook them uh, versus having them um, you, you know raw even if you steam your vegetables and you top them with nothing other than good quality olive oil and a splash of uh, lemon juice and a little pinch of uh, of sea salt kosher salt uh, uh, fleur de sel you know something that has a little texture to it. you know. You don't need a lot of salt when you're using um, the finishing salts uh, like the molden sea salt because the 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 the, uh, the flakes are bigger. You don't have you don't use as much. So even recipes that ask you to use salt, if you're using table salt, table salt, and a recipe says 
you need a tablespoon of table salt. That actually converts to a teaspoon and a half of lycosis salt because of the volume, because of the volume of the salt. So anyway, those are some of the things that I would do if I wanted a max veg without having them raw. Okay, now I'm hungry. Okay, I've been hungry the entire conversation because, you know, food. Uh, this has been great and so helpful. And yes, we did, I think, 10 minutes on oatmeal and five minutes on veg. And I'm totally fine with that and very appreciative of your time. Uh, I don't want to miss out on giving people goals for a healthier lifestyle. So I would love for you each to gift a goal to our audience, something that they can do today to just feel healthier, be healthier. Eli, do you have a goal you would like to gift? Yeah, I think I'm going to double down on my cake cookie metaphor from earlier of just um, if you're in the camp of feeling like um, you're hesitant to work out or try something like yoga because you feel like you don't have the time to commit to an hour a day, um, do it for 10 minutes or just breathe consciously for 10 minutes. Like just commit to 10 or 15 minutes, like pick, pick a time frame that works for you and then do that. Um, and don't overcommit and don't undercommit, like, like find that sweet spot. Is it, if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, um, do that. So you, so you leave, you know, feeling, feeling ahead. So maybe, um, set the goal to be less time, more quantity, um, so maybe for the rest of this week, it's Monday. So for the rest of this week, my my goal gift to you is, let's call it 15 minutes of yoga or breathing or meditation. So nothing crazy, 15 minutes a day and just see how you feel. I love it for lots of reasons, but the main one being, um, <laughs> that's part of what I teach. It's like, don't bite off an hour of work on your passion project when you only have 15 minutes. So to look at your life, look at your schedule, and then just pick and do in small increments. So um, not only do I love and endorse what you said, it's something that frequently comes out of my mouth, but usually not with exercise. So yay, perfect. Thank you, Eli. Rob, what goal would you like to gift? Well, I, this is uh, uh, strange for me because I'm going to say something that I've never actually said before, but I, it feels uh, relevant to the conversation that we're having, um, which is that um, sleep is super important and, uh, and obviously I I eating, but the, the two should, uh, uh, should uh, be separated. So I think the goal is going to be like this. Don't put a thing in your mouth other than maybe a sip of water or a toothbrush uh, uh, for at least uh, three hours before you go to bed. Really? Is that the magic well, number? Well, I, I, I imagine that there may be a, a yes is, is the short answer. I think that you have to give your body at least three hours. You know, you know, the hardest thing that your body has to do, this is a surprise to some people. It, the process of digestion is is the most work that your body really ever has to do, and if you and if you're having meat and steak at like you know nine 
o'clock. You'll notice right about uh, one or two in the morning when you wake up that you're waking up. You're waking up. Your body is just like you, your body's on overdrive at this point. And so I, I guess, and like I said, this is unusual for me. And I'm I'm not a doctor. Don't uh, don't take it if you don't want to. But I I did learn recently that you want to give yourself three at least three hours of of not putting a thing in your mouth before you're ready to go to bed. You'll you'll end up with a better a healthier sleep. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I think I'll try it. I always mean to not eat before I go to bed, and sometimes I forget, <laughs> or I stop eating like too long before bed, and then now. But now I know that three is the magic number. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. That that's what you're gonna get from me on this one. Um, and I love. The, yep. the 15 minute workouts, because I'm a huge fan of the dance breaks that are usually more like three to five minutes, but I'm going to try and increase that, but really good, manageable, the hips goals for living a healthier life. Now I'm going to let you all give a final tip. So start thinking about that, but please first tell me where can people find you, Rob? Where's the best location? I would say there's a couple. Everything that uh, every every contact point for me is on my website. That's going to be realrobrosenthal.com. So even though there's a whole lot of other stuff on there, like uh, you know videos uh, uh, and and recommendations that I make about products and places and things that I that I think are worth uh, recommending. Also, all of my uh, you know social uh, networks are indicated on there as well. Link to the podcast is up there as well. Uh, link to my book is there as well. So I would say the easiest way is to get to uh, realrobrosenthal.com. Uh, and then, you, you know, like if you're a Twitter person, you can find my Twitter handle there. If you're a LinkedIn person, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. That's the easiest. Way. Excellent. Um, and Eli, where can people find you? Um, yeah, you can check me out at eliwalkerstories.com. Um, and if you want to learn more just about drunk yoga, it's dodrunkyoga.com. Um, uh, but you can find both at eliwalkerstories.com would be great. Um, and a final tip, is that what you need, Deb? Um, not yet. In a oh, second, okay. keep thinking. Uh, all I was going to add is that these links and other fun tidbits mentioned, and definitely there will be oatmeal. In the recap, you can go to thedevmethod.com slash blog for the recap from this and the previous episodes. And I am at the Deb Method everywhere for your tips and your motivation about figuring out what you want and how to get it. Now, yes, please, Eli, what is your final tip? <laughs> well, what I was thinking about was... um you know, in the spirit of breaking down the fourth wall and, and making wellness fun, like we do at Drunk Yoga, um, my tip would be to find ways to engage playfulness in everything you do. So if you feel like you're getting bogged down with seriousness um, or anything just too heavy, don't underestimate the power of even just a little bit of play. Um, like um, if the song Mumbo Number no. 5 or doing the Macarena, like, in between um, or while you're cooking dinner or something like that, or um, texting someone a funny joke. Like don't un underestimate the power of playfulness in small increments throughout your day to, to not only elevate your mood, but shift your, your perspective so that you start sort of creating different stories for yourself that bleed out into the other experiences of your life. That's fantastic. Great tip. Love it. And it's when you feel good, Everything else is going to be easier too. 
Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Okay, so Rob, what is your final tip? Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to go with playfulness as well. But my playfulness happens in the kitchen. I think people uh, should cook more. And mm-hmm. and part of that is because I find it, uh, you know, creative uh, and I find it fun. And to your point, I, I think it's always more healthy when you are the one deciding what goes into your food. And uh, and so uh, 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 cook more. Now, you have to know, and I, I know that this will, will sound uh, somewhat self-serving, but I literally wrote a, a, a book on the subject, uh, you know, how to get the, the most taste with the fewest ingredients and the least effort. Uh, so that's that's the book. And I teach uh, classes at uh, New York's 92nd Street. Here, I'm going to actually send you a link so that you have it. I Next week's class, uh, I'm teaching people how to do uh, 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 seafood, fish, and seafood. Uh, you know, so again, the kind of stuff that's relatively uh, clean in the uh, in the spectrum of uh, of what you can eat. And so, uh, uh, my tip is uh, is to uh, is to cook more and uh, and have and certainly have fun doing it. Which circles back to how we started this evening. Uh, which uh, before you get uh, drunk and do yoga, uh, pour yourself a glass of wine and make some dinner. All those activities go well together, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they absolutely do. Thank you so much, Rob Rosenthal and Eli Walker, for a wonderful conversation about food, drink, yoga, being healthy, and oatmeal. Um, again, if you're watching or listening, thank you so much for tuning in today. And be sure to go to thedevmethod.com slash blog to learn more from these wonderful experts, get their links. And if you need a little extra kick, you can go to thedevmethod.com slash goals learn more about how I can help you figure out what you want and how to get it. Okay, go forth, be healthy. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.